Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Live Free Creative. I'm Miranda Anderson, and I'm so excited that you've made it to episode four. I am thrilled to be here, and actually I'm recording today for the first time in my studio office in Richmond, Virginia, and I'm actually really curious how the sound is going to go because I'm not the only one that works here, so there are probably going to be doors opening and closing, maybe the occasional whistle down the hallway. It's the middle of the day. I probably would be better off doing this in the evening, but I'm so excited to record today's podcast. I just wanted to get to it. So forgive if there's any crazy sound effects happening in the background that are unintentional. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about the experience that our family had in 2017 of spending the year not shopping. This challenge, we called it a minimalist challenge, entitled the More Than Enough Stuff Challenge, and I'll explain that in a little bit, really was sort of a landmark event experience in our family's culture and in the trajectory of choices that we have made. I'm super excited to dive into it and share it here on the podcast because I think it will begin introducing a lot of the ideas about intentional living and minimalism and like I talked about in episode two, energy management, eliminating unnecessary decisions, and really being decisive about the things that you want and being able to disregard the rest. I have so many of those principles that just sort of guide the way that I live my life, and I am excited to jump in, begin sharing more about them with this episode today. I am quickly, quickly, quickly going to do some peaks of the week because I think it's so fun to do these segments. So here we go. My first peak of the week is Aldi, the grocery store. (laughs) Have you guys shopped at Aldi? Oh my gosh, if you have one nearby, you have got to do it, but I need to tell you some things because it was a total experience. First, you need a quarter to get a shopping cart. They're all hooked together like with chains, so use a quarter, get your shopping cart. Second, enjoy all of the imported goods. Aldi is owned by a European company, and so they're super inexpensive European import cheeses, meats, charcuterie, 
um, chocolates. There's these amazing caramel sea salt dark chocolates. So look for those. Definitely enjoy. They're super low prices. Most of the things in the store are a house brand. And so that enables them to have really low prices on things. So I had a really fun time shopping there. I normally shop at Trader Joe's. I enjoyed the change of scenery at Aldi. It still is much smaller than a regular grocery store. Something I have to tell you, though, that I did not know, Aldi will not provide bags for you. If you need bags, you should buy them. They're like 10 cents each for the paper ones, or you could pay a dollar each for the reusable ones, or bring your own bags, but they do not bag for you. So not only do they not give you bags, they don't put your groceries into bags. They put all of your groceries back into the shopping cart, and then you take it to the table and bag them yourself. I was a total Aldi newbie, and so they put everything back into my shopping cart, loose, and I just walked out to my car and started just piling things in my car. Like, I stacked up the yogurts, and I tried to use, like, my cartons of milk and almond milk and coconut milk to, like, make a barrier wall so then I could toss the, like, sausages behind and they wouldn't fall out as I drove around. It was seriously so funny, and not only was the shopping experience funny, but the bringing the groceries home and into the house without any bags was even more humorous and entertaining. I shared it on Instagram stories, and everyone told me, the system. Like you use a quarter to get the cart. I actually had gone inside and said, I didn't bring my wallet because I went straight after the gym. And they said, that's fine. You can just have one of these. But if you know, now you know, when you go to Aldi, you need to bring a quarter for your shopping cart and you need to bring your own bags, plan on buying bags and definitely bag the groceries yourself. But if you do go, definitely get those dark chocolate sea salt caramels because they're so good. The second peak of the week is this new gym i mentioned in episode one and maybe episode two that i have been trying to get back into regular exercise and there were a lot of obstacles you know of course there's always excuses there's always reasons why not i think something that i needed was to find a gym that just fit with my current lifestyle and my current interest levels dave started going to a climbing gym a couple months ago and he said, why don't you try it out? And I was just having a hard time overcoming the barrier of it not having childcare until I realized that my kids are all going to be in school this year. Plum is in pre-kindergarten, so she will not be in regular elementary school, but she's going to be at school five days, just like the boys. And so maybe childcare wasn't an absolute necessity. You guys, it has been amazing. Not only is it a rock climbing gym, which I love to rock climb. I have rock climbed my whole life. It also has fitness and yoga classes that are part of the membership. And that has been huge for me because I'm not super motivated to work out by myself, like in the weight room. But if I'm as part of a class or a group, I will absolutely do it and I'll push myself harder than if I was by myself. I have been sore now for two weeks straight. I am loving it. Dave told me the other day that my shoulders look like they have a little bit more definition than they did before, so I'm calling it a win. (laughs) I am absolutely loving working out. It's called Triangle Rock Club or Triangle Fitness Club. Anyway, it's in Richmond, but if you have not tried rock climbing or you haven't found an exercise that works well for you, I suggest thinking outside the box into something that may be a little different. This is going to be the longest episode I do. I'll just tell you that right now, but my third and final peak of the week is the indigo girls i really love the indigo girls and i've been listening to some of their music lately i just put it on spotify and i have been listening to it for so long that i know almost all the tracks i can sing along i feel like it's fantastic like good acoustic great melodies and harmonies really interesting lyrics and thoughtful 
I think of it as just like poetry and lately so much so much of it maybe I'm just like super introspective or something but so much of it is has been really impactful I feel like I listen to it and think oh my gosh that absolutely applies to what I'm going through right now in my life so I also think it's really funny there's a comedy show and now I'm not going to remember but a comedy like a Netflix comedy special where the comedian does a whole bit at the end about the indigo girls I'll put it in the show notes I'll link it for you because I was sucked in I thought it was so funny it made me laugh like it it was so fun so I have a renewed love of the indigo girls I can only play two songs on the guitar and one of them is the indigo girls closer to fine I have seen them live on multiple occasions and I'm blown away every time so if you don't know of the indigo girls and you want some happy hippie music to listen to check them out those are my peaks of the week I've actually had the opportunity to share about our minimalist challenge on a couple different podcasts each one with sort of a different perspective and so I'm going to link all of those into the show notes if you hear me talk about this today and you are interested in maybe other aspects of it check out the show notes and I will link all of the other podcasts where I've shared about this experience I also am going to link just the list of blog posts I've done probably 20 or 25 blog posts related to our more than enough stuff challenge including the beginning when we decided to do it throughout the year I shared different insights and you know I remember writing around two months about you know how it had been going and different things that I realized as we went through it so there was a lot of learning happening and I'm going to share all of those in the show notes so visit livefreecreative.co backslash podcast and you will find episode four so I just am going to now dive in to sharing about this experience. So I want to give you some background. When I decided, proposed this idea to spend the year not buying anything, any non-consumable goods, this was not our first foray into minimalism. As I explained in episode two, around the time that my daughter was born, I had been realizing that I had too many things going on, both activities and commitments, and also too many choices to make every day because I was surrounded by things and I just needed to break some of it down. And so I started to be a lot more intentional about the things that I was choosing. I was able to get rid of things that I knew I wasn't needing and just kind of do some baby steps towards minimalism. I define minimalism as eliminating unnecessary decisions and being more intentional about what matters most. So minimalism is not having a stark white house with concrete floors and like one chair with one table and one book like that's not I know minimalism is a type of art it's a type of design there's a lot of different uses for that term and I use it to describe a life where you choose the things that you love and you intentionally disregard the rest you simply do not give energy or attention or value to the things that you don't love, that don't bring value back into your life. I definitely can tell you that through this experience of living a year not adding extra things to our life, we really became honed in on the things that matter the most to us as a family. And that was one of our huge lessons and huge takeaways. I'm going to break down this episode in the why, so kind of what was happening when I decided to embark on this journey. 
the purpose, there were three really specific purposes that we wanted to develop or achieve or explore as we did this challenge. And so I'm going to share those. The how, there's a lot of logistics involved with this idea of not buying anything with a family of five and a dog, especially when you added in our unexpected move in the middle of the year. Next, I'm going to share some of my methods for avoiding consistent consumerism or mindless consumerism, some tips. I also am going to share the impact that this challenge had on our family, and I'm going to finish up with what life looks like now. We finished our year. It was the year of 2017. We're now halfway through 2018. How did this challenge impact our everyday life? I will let you know. So let's start at the beginning, the why. In the months just leading up to January of 2017, I had been feeling consistently overwhelmed by decisions and by clutter. I had been sort of systematically organizing our house. Our home was featured on a big website, The Glitter Guide, in the summer of that year, of of the year before, of 2016. And so I had gone through kind of room by room. It had all been mostly decorated, but I had gone through and sort of spruced things up and organized cabinets and organized drawers. And uh, especially right as the year was ending, the end of 2000, in December, I was cleaning out some cabinets in the kitchen and I was just blown away (laughs) by how much stuff I had behind those kitchen cabinet doors. You couldn't see it because the doors were closed and everything looked great, but I honestly got rid of like five garbage bags worth of stuff. I was able to donate stuff. I was sorting through it thinking, what is all of this and why is it in my house? Like, what am I doing filling these cabinets with things that I don't love, I don't need, I don't even think about, I don't know what they are. I've never, like, I found things that I had replaced already because I didn't even realize that those things existed. You probably know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You probably do the same thing. You tuck things away thinking you'll need them in the future and then when the time comes that you do need them, you don't remember that you have them and so you just replace them. And anyway, it's kind of this funny cycle. So that was one of the things I was feeling. I had been operating using a capsule wardrobe already for a couple years. So I started using a capsule wardrobe in September of 2014 and have really never looked back. And so that was one sort of aspect of minimalism that I've always, or for a long time, has just been part of my status quo. I also watched the minimalist documentary. I felt like the minimalist documentary was so interesting and I enjoyed the principles that were presented. And I felt like the lifestyles that they shared were also so unrealistic and unattainable for a family. It seemed like a lot of wealthy single men who wanted to forego climbing the corporate ladder and just head off on a trip around the world, you know, stop making money and just go explore. And I I got that. And I was sitting in my house with a dog and three kids thinking that doesn't work for my life. That's not, I mean, we're not going to sell everything we own and pack up a suitcase and go. I know some families do. I'm just saying that for the majority of us, that's unrealistic lifestyle. And I felt like there had to be some connection between the principles that were shared and the principles that I had been feeling drawn to and that we had in some ways been living and our actual life. And one of the lines that really felt that, I mean, I'm just going to sort of, um, I don't have the direct quote from the film, but one of the lines that I remember impacting me was this idea that one of the principles of minimalism is to use the things we already have rather than always seeking more. And I had just been feeling like, gosh, we have so much stuff. And so 
honestly, it was just like a light bulb popped on in my head and said, why don't you do that and do it for real? Don't go get more stuff because you already have enough. And not only that, we had more than enough. I was donating things on a regular basis. I was going through our closets and going through our rooms, picking up things that we had and we didn't need and getting rid of them. And so not only did we have enough, but I felt like we had more than enough and that's why we named it the More Than Enough Stuff Challenge. This was January 6th and I turned to Dave and said, what do you think (laughs) if we just don't buy anything this year? And he was like, what? I said, we have everything we need and more. We have more than enough stuff. So why don't we not add to it this year? And it will be great because we will be able to focus on the things that we have and really using the things we have. I love that principle. We will not spend money on things that don't matter to us because we already are fine. We will um, be able to be more grateful instead of, always looking forward to the next thing that's going to, the, you know, the, the new shiny bright thing that's going to come into our lives. We can turn around, recognize what we have, and be grateful for it. There were all of these reasons that I thought, gosh, this is such a great idea. We should just do it. And Dave was like, yeah, great. Okay, let's do it. What should we tell the kids? What are the logistics? What are our guidelines? And so we kind of hashed through it. And it was as easy a decision as that. The reason we decided to do it for a year was because this was the beginning of the year. Like we had just celebrated New Year's. It was January 6th. I was in resolution mode. And you know how at the beginning of the year, you always sort of plan on these things that you're going to do for the year. I don't know if you do, but that's something that I've always done. Like this year, I'm going to exercise three days a week for the whole year, or I'm going to whatever. So this was, well, this is our year. We're just starting off a new year and we're going to do it. I have heard of people feeling interested or inspired by our story and deciding to do like a month challenge or six month challenge or, you know, adapt it to their own needs. And I absolutely encourage you, if you feel like this is something you want to do, go for it. I'll, I'll explain as much as I can about the way that it worked for us. And if you feel as I'm talking, like these are things that resonate for you, I absolutely recommend trying it out and trying out something similar that might help you sort of just redefine and refocus the things that matter a lot to you so that you're really living the life that you want to be living. Dave was on board and the next morning we just talked to our kids about it and we explained it really simply. We are not going to buy any new stuff this year. We already have enough stuff. So we're going to use the stuff that we have and we're going to be really creative. If we need something that we don't have, we're going to see if we can make it or figure out new uses for things that we already do have. And we're going to just, it'll be kind of this cool experiment. So we addressed it like that and our kids were excited and they were a little concerned I remember my son said so what if I want a new toy and we said okay yeah that's valid and what what would we do if you want a new toy like you have lots of toys right now you have toys that you love but if you do want a new toy what is something that you could do and he said well I guess we could make some because mom has a lot of craft supplies and so we could like make a toy I was like, yes, exactly. We have not only like stuff, but we have materials and we can just be creative. And so we decided to just pioneer out uh, with this idea. The purpose of our challenge was threefold. Number one, we wanted to develop a mindset of abundance. We wanted to look around us in our lives and think, wow, we have so much 
our experiencers are wonderful, our family is beautiful, our home is exactly the way that we need it. Everything that we need is readily available to us. That is the mindset that we wanted to have and that's a mindset that I strive for every day in my life to feel like there is no lack, there is this abundance and it's a really, really powerful perspective to approach life from that direction. It was something that we knew that we could develop further for ourselves and for our kids. Number two, we wanted to teach patience. Not only decide that we want something and going to get it, or a lot of times not even deciding we want it, but just seeing it in the store and being like, oh, like into the cart. Those impulse purchases that have become so normal because we are inundated by shopping like all the time. (laughs) Like when we listen to things, when we see things, when we scroll through Instagram, when we watch YouTube videos, when we, you know, like I feel like we're consistently and really constantly inundated with things that we could buy which in some cases is great if you need something that's awesome in a lot of cases we are just turning our wheels getting more and more and more and doing it really instantly and I wanted to develop this idea of waiting for the things that we want I remember one time my dad giving me this advice that if I saw something in a store that I wanted that I should come back the next day to buy it to give myself the chance to really think about it like do I really want it do I need it do I have the money for it just create some space for reflection in between the desire and the fulfilling of the desire and that in that space a lot of honesty can happen and so this idea of teaching patience and it actually became really fascinating because my kids picked up really quickly on this idea during the year they started to say things like hey mom we'd walk through target we'd be getting groceries they would say hey mom did you see that Lego set? Could we get that next year? Could I get that for my birthday next year? And this idea of like, I want that thing. It looks really cool. And I'm going to look forward to the time later in the future when I can get it. I'm not going to get it today. The third purpose was to practice gratitude by being aware of and using and loving the things that we already owned. That feels similar to the idea of abundance. And it's a little different because gratitude is this practice I feel like abundance is this mentality and gratitude is words spoken. It's ideas written. For us, it was actually using things, recognizing them and using them. And that was how we practiced our gratitude. You can think that you're grateful for the things you own, but are they sitting unused, hidden in a cupboard or a closet somewhere? That doesn't feel like active gratitude. And so really giving ourselves an opportunity to recognize the things that we had, being aware of them and using them felt like a great gratitude practice. So those were our three purposes. Develop this mindset of abundance, teach patience, and practice gratitude every day by loving the things and using them that we already had. So let me talk through some of the logistics now because I get a lot of questions about how we managed this with kids and a dog and a house and a move, unexpected move midway through the year. So what not buying anything meant to us was that we weren't going to buy non-consumable goods. So consumable goods are things that you use up to completion, like food, printer paper, printer ink, light bulbs, things that you use and then they're gone. Lotion, shampoo, that kind of stuff. So those were things that, of course, we had to buy and replenish and replace regularly in our lives. We do not have a year's worth of food storage and light bulbs (laughs) so those are things we were going to replace and buy normally as necessary the things that we were not going to buy were clothes shoes 
home decor, kitchen gadgets, toys, books, any type of gear, electronics, basically everything else. We had enough sheets for the beds. We had enough towels to use. We didn't need any more tents or sleeping bags. We had everything that we needed. That was the whole idea. And so we didn't need to buy any more. We get a lot of questions about clothes, how we handled clothes with our kids, because we did have little kids at the time. I mean, my kids are still little. This was just a year ago. So I had a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and a seven-year-old when we began this challenge. Logistically, it was a lot easier because where we lived in Austin, Texas doesn't have four distinct seasons. We ended up wearing a lot of the same clothes year-round anyway. Just add a jacket and maybe switch out your shorts for pants in the colder weather. But for the most part, my kids and I wore, and Dave, we all wore the same types of clothes uh, that we had in our closets year-round anyway. We had this logistical caveat for that that if something if they grew out of it or if it um, got used up to completion that then we could replace it with a similar item we weren't going to just go on a shopping spree and like buy a bunch of new clothes because we wanted to or there was something new cute in the cat and jack line at target (laughs) but for example my middle son's cowboy boots had holes in the soles by he had had them you know we didn't actually go buy a bunch of things to prepare for the year we just started with the things we already had in our house. So his cowboy boots had already been worn for, I don't know, several months. He wore them every single day. And by the second or third month of our challenge, he had walked through them, holes in the soles, where he was like getting wet feet when he walked through the grass. So we replaced those with a new pair that was the next size up and also a new pair of cowboy boots. I actually even took them to see if they would resole them for me. And it was more expensive to have them resold than it was to just get new ones. So we tried to be really intentional about those purchases so here's the thing we didn't try to look for loopholes because it was our challenge no one was forcing us to do this this was our own decision we felt like the benefits and the values that we were teaching and living were worth the sacrifice of not buying things and so I wasn't looking to trick the system because it was my system it was a system that we had decided on and created a couple other logistical things our kids make money taking out the garbage and doing some different chores and they definitely get birthday money from grandparents and things we let them do with their money what they wanted so the entire year when my kids had money they wanted legos (laughs) so we would make a special trip to target and they would get to choose their lego set and so my boys and even plum loved when they got money from friends they would get a lego set and that was totally okay with us because it was their money and they could choose what they wanted we didn't buy them any toys during the year and this brings me to my next logistical thing that was for birthdays and gifts we gave experiences for milo he had been asking for a membership to this online math computer game called prodigy he loved it he had done it in school and in school they had a education membership and if you wanted to play it at home you had to buy a membership and so that's what he wanted for his birthday and that's what we gave him we with all of our kids we chose an experience that they would love and that was their birthday gift rather than a pile of toys They had birthday parties and the toys that they got from their friends, they got to keep and play with and everything. Another thing, this just brings me to this idea that whether you are adding things to your life or not, things will be coming into your life because people give you things. There are so many holidays where we give gifts 
naturally you're going to be acquiring things. If you go to events, you're going to pick up on things. I am a blogger and so I go to conferences and I went to a conference just weeks after we made the decision to start this challenge and I was Again, because of this mindset, I was like, whoa, there is so much free stuff at blogging conferences. There is so much swag. I just had this bag given to me in every booth I went to to talk to a sponsor. I was given something else. Rather than take it all home, I gave it away to people who were there because I had decided that I didn't need to add things to my life that I already had enough. It's just really interesting to back up and think about how inundated with new things we are all the time and to ask ourselves a question, Is that really necessary? Is it adding value to our lives or is it actually distracting us from the things that matter most and that we want to give our attention to? I want to tell you now about my methods for not shopping because people ask me this all the time, like, what? How did you do that? (laughs) And you know how I did it? By not going into stores. (laughs) I was never a huge shopper anyway, but I stopped going into stores unless I needed something. I stopped using shopping as a pastime or as a crutch. Instead of giving myself retail therapy, I would give myself real therapy by doing an activity that brought more lasting fulfillment than buying something new. There's actually all these really interesting studies about shopping and sort of the shopper's high that people get. And you can get that same feeling, that adrenaline rush from shopping. You can get it even if you don't buy the thing. (laughs) So you can like put stuff in your cart and leave your cart at the front of the store without buying anything and you have already felt that feeling and that can do it for you. I didn't actually do that. I actually don't know that I get a huge shopper's high. When I talked about retail therapy in my life before the challenge, what I meant was I need some time to be inspired or to have a break. I need to reduce some of my stress. Usually it was that I needed some time without my kids around and I can fulfill all of those needs without buying things, without adding things to my life that I don't need. So things that I would do instead of shopping would be go to a museum and be inspired by actual works of art. I would often go on hikes, go downtown to the lake in Austin. Now that we're in Richmond, I could go down to the river, um, call a friend, reach out and make some real connection. I started getting my nails done on a regular basis because that felt like true therapy to me and I love I love the feeling now I really do like every two or three weeks I go I spend that hour my hands are occupied so I can't even use my phone and I just have to sit and think and feel pampered and I love that feeling that was a practice that I picked up during this year that I absolutely adore the other methods that I have are to think ahead and to use what you have in creative ways so when you're faced with like a need can you borrow it and that act of borrowing creates connection with real people and like I talked about in the last episode episode three when you ask people to help you with things you may even build a deeper friendship so we did our family pictures last year and instead of buying new outfits which is what I typically would have done I collected clothing from my sisters and borrowed all of our outfits, my kids' clothes, well, Plum's dress I made, but I borrowed clothes for myself, I borrowed clothes for the boys, Dave used things he already had, and they were some of my favorite family pictures ever, and I took all of the stress of shopping out of it, I didn't spend any money on buying things that they they didn't need, I created those connections with my sisters by going through their closets and spending time with them and asking them if they had something that we could use that would work. The final thing, I guess, in the methods is that this challenge really drove into us the idea of using experiences rather than stuff. And it has kind of turned into our 
family culture and even my rally cry, less stuff, more adventure. We learned to use experiences as motivation for our kids. We learned to use experiences as gifts, experiences as rewards. We really learned to value meaningful time, quality time, learning new things, spending those moments together that really enriched relationships and built real life connection rather than enjoying new things all the time. I absolutely love some things. I mean, I don't think stuff is bad and I you see me on Instagram decorating my house and finding things that I love and the important thing about that kind of rolling into the next piece, this impact and, and what we're doing now is that I really have learn to hone in on what I do love and what I do want and filter through all of the constant bombardment of consumer-driven products and marketing. I am able to so simply avoid things that I know will not add value to my life. I'm not looking for one of those. I don't even need it. I'm not shop. I don't need any clothes right now. I'm not thinking about it. There's a big, huge sale at Nordstrom going on. I That's great. That's so great. I don't need anything right now, so I'm not going to be affected by it because I don't need it. So that has been something that has really been a huge impact. It's been really amazing to hone in on my personal style, both in design and decor and clothing, and to be able to make quick and easy decisions about things that I love and need and will use and things that I will not. Being decisive, being able to not live in confusion and chaos and just like choose things and move on eliminates so many distractions. It eliminates so much of that energy waste that I talked about in episode two because you're able to just get on with your life. You choose the thing and then you move forward. And when you are not considering spending all of your time like stopping at each display, thinking like whether or not that thing will be great in your life, you know, you're not considering everything, then you're able to be decisive about the things that you do want. We said yes to so many more adventures. We quickly found that we had more time, we had more money, and we had more energy because we were not wasting all of those things or spending all of those things on shopping. And so we went to the park more. We went on picnics more. We took our kids to the movies. Instead of spending money to buy a new thing, I would have that money in my weekly or monthly budget and think, huh, what fun thing could we do? And our whole culture of our family sort of shifted. Now, I will say that we weren't huge shoppers before. So I've always had a little bit of a minimalist mentality, I think, because I like less decisions. I've known that about myself for a long time. And so I intentionally minimize my decisions. I like to shop at Trader Joe's when I buy my groceries because there's only one kind of ketchup and I can just get the ketchup. (laughs) I don't have to like look at all the labels, decide what design of the label is prettiest and then compare and make sure that the ingredients match what I want and then make sure it's the right size and whatever. I mean, you guys, there seriously is so many types of ketchup. Like it's beyond in a regular store. So I like minimizing my decisions anyway. I naturally shop at the same stores for things. I don't really just go searching out all of the things that I could possibly need. And those were things that happened even before embarking on this challenge year. 
just cutting ourselves off from the option of consuming, 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 browsing online, scrolling through Instagram, clicking through every single one of those things when someone is tagged what it is. And I was like, hmm, maybe I want that. How much is it? Where, where could I put it? What would I do with it? How would I decorate around it? I was able to refocus my mental space on what was actually happening in my life and create more opportunities for adventure and connection. And that was really, really incredible. I will say, this is so interesting, people thought it would be really hard. And I always got the question, gosh, how are you doing that? Isn't it so hard? And it actually wasn't because when you're not buying things, you're not doing something. It's not like I was adding a new habit to my life. I was actually taking away habits. And so I had... I just had to not go to the store. I had to not open the email and spend all of the time thinking about it. So it actually was a lot easier than I expected. And once we began, it was really, really easy to continue because we kind of had some habits in place. I didn't feel so pulled by the things. And I also would refocus on those purposes. I have so many things in my life that are wonderful, this abundance. If I really do want that thing, I will get it next year. And that helped develop my patience. And then the idea of being absolutely grateful. I feel like it's really hard to be super grateful and really want more stuff. At about six months, we Dave accepted a job offer in Richmond, Virginia. And we decided like within a couple weeks, we went from things are great, we're going to live in Texas forever, to pack up, we're moving to Virginia, and we're doing it like now. Because we had been living this minimalist challenge I had been already been feeling the really fantastic effects of of less stuff in my life I was toying with the idea of a smaller living space but it didn't seem realistic for no reason to just move in the middle of you know like in Texas but because we had an opportunity for a change I decided to take advantage of the opportunity of like maybe a temporary change, this opportunity to do something different than what we had been doing before. So we moved from 2,500 square feet on a half acre in Texas into a thousand square foot, two bedroom, one bathroom rental in Richmond, Virginia, in this cute little neighborhood. Seriously, it's hilarious. You can go to YouTube. I will link this video in the show notes. The day that our moving trucks arrived, our belongings, I had already gotten rid of a ton of stuff, like sold a bunch of furniture, everything before we moved. Our belongings did not fit in the house. There were like pathways in the house and I had stuff in the front yard and stuff in the backyard. It looked like a yard sale. It was insane. I, I recorded it all on Instagram stories and now that's on YouTube. Things just didn't fit. And instead of deciding that that meant we needed more space, we realize what that meant for us right then was that we needed less stuff and so we reorganized again we sold more stuff we got rid of things we sorted through and we settled into this house and also it gave us this independence and this ability to explore neighborhoods to decide to find something that we really wanted to move into and we were able when we found our house the house that we are now fixing up and renovating We were able to buy it in the middle of the winter when no one else was really looking. So it gave us this time frame that was awesome. And we also, the house that we bought is 1,400 square feet. It does have two bathrooms, which is awesome, and three bedrooms. But it's still 1,000 square feet smaller than what we had been living in in Texas. And we love it. 
one thing that was really fantastic about the rental was that we were able to buy our house in January and then be able to pay both a rent and a mortgage for six months because we had downsized so much. It gave us this freedom to be able to make choices that we couldn't have otherwise made. So we paid for both houses while we renovated so that we could, when we moved in in June of this year, we didn't have to live in such intense construction, which it really did get super intense there for a while. So we are so grateful to be able to live now in the house that we are thoughtfully designing and decorating in a really intentional way. So when I think about the impact on our life, from the More Than Enough Stuff Challenge. It really was this landmark experiment that allowed us the ability to choose to do things differently and to choose to think about things differently. We live in this society that is constantly selling us things and telling us that our life will be better, happier, and more successful if we just buy or have this or that thing. I realized so fully I mean I knew with my head before that that wasn't true but living it like actually cutting myself off from all of those things that supposedly sold happiness I was able to live the reality that none of that stuff is what makes us happy none of that stuff is what makes us successful the only things that matter are the way that we live and the way that we choose to think. And my life has only gotten better as I've become more intentional about the things that I add to it. What life looks like now is so different than what life looked like or may have looked like had we not undergone this challenge. We have downsized. We now live in Richmond instead of Austin. You definitely need clothing for all of the seasons here because it is hot in the summer and it is cold in the winter. (laughs) I continue to eliminate things. I think it is bizarre that I still have things to get rid of. I am still sorting through stuff just from my whole life, just stuff that we collect and just naturally comes into our lives. And so I'm trying right now, I'm going room by room and being intentional about what I choose to keep in there, decorating it in a really thoughtful way and using the space in a way that works for our family and the values that we have. I definitely shop in capsule wardrobes for our clothing. I'm not shopping constantly. I know what I like and I buy things that last and that we love. I don't buy things because of the seasons of like the consumer seasons like back to school and then you know, fall and then Christmas and you have to buy all the stuff for Christmas and then you buy new things for the new year and stores always have the next reason that you need to be buying things. Actually, I remember being super impacted before we started our challenge. I was in H&M one day shopping for something and there was this huge mural on the wall that said, we have new things coming in every day, so should you. Saying like they're getting new stuff all the time, so you should come in every day and buy new things every day. And I remember standing there thinking, for real? Like people are supposed to be buying new things that often just because they're there? I don't agree with that. I don't think that we need new things just because they exist. I also remember being impacted by a quote from a talk that said something like, there is no end to what the world has to offer. Therefore, it is essential that we determine when we have enough. That idea that the world is not gonna tell us to stop 
buying things or to stop filling up our closets and our cabinets and our and draining our wallets, the world is going to continue to tell us that there is more that we need and that they will also tell us that our lives and our success and our happiness depend on these things. And I refuse to believe that. I just absolutely refuse to believe that you need more of anything except for maybe compassion and love and gratitude to live a more fulfilled life. I also think of a lot of things as disposable. I think in terms of consumable and non-consumable, I think I used to hold on to things because like we had them and so I just like so hold on to them so tightly and now I don't I freely let things flow into my life because like I mentioned a bunch in this podcast things come whether you like them or not so for example one of my sons had a birthday recently we got all of these wonderful gifts some were things that I could tell instantly these are things that he's gonna like use all the time and totally be absorbed with and there were a few things that just didn't fit exactly into like what we would use often or what he would play with often and so instead of thinking okay gosh where am I going to put that thing I need to have more toy storage I need to the things that we that I knew we probably wouldn't use that often we played with we made it an event like let's get this out let's play with it let's have a really great time and then When he was done with it, I boxed it up and donated it so that another child whose mother finds it at the Goodwill will be able to enjoy it. I don't feel like I have to keep everything that comes into my life. I'm able to evaluate what is going to add real value, what are we really going to use, what do we really love, and freely let go of the rest. Regular adventures and outings and travel and experiences have become even more part of our family lifestyle. I was always a goer and a doer and an adventurer and those activities have become our default. Saying yes to travel, saying yes to going to the museum, going on a hike, going out on a bike ride. We're constantly seeking out ways that we can spend more time together and even when we're home, even When we're home, having experiences together, baking something in the kitchen or sitting on the couch, cozy up together, reading books from the library, I approach my life from this mindset of adventures and connection in a way that I hadn't before. We choose things that bring value to our everyday life and like I have talked about, just disregard the rest. And I think that after a whole year of seeing what we had that we actually did end up using I think a lot of times we keep things thinking well I'm going to use this when you don't ever buy anything else and the only things that you have to use are the things that you actually have as time goes by you realize what of those things you actually are going to use and what you're not because when faced with the option of no other options we would often turn to the same games the same clothes the same toys And it made it so easy to see that we didn't actually need all of the things even that we had because there were some that we used way more often than others and the others were unnecessary. And so it was easy to get rid of those. I hope that this has given you something to think about, that you've been able to identify with some ideas that I've shared and think in your own life how you could apply some of the same principles maybe without doing an entire year of not shopping if you are up for it I'd say absolutely it was such an amazing experience for my family and and the things that we learned during that minimalist challenge that really applied 
concretely some of the principles and ideals that I had been living with in my heart that I hadn't yet put into practice. And I'm so grateful that we had the opportunity to put those into practice and that we continue to practice them in our lives without a rigid challenge guideline surrounding it. We have never been happier. I honestly think that our lives have changed for the better because I have learned how free I am to fill my life with the things that I love and to absolutely disregard or eliminate the things that I don't. Every day we're able to make new choices. We're able to change in ways that create opportunity for growth and progress. And this mindset of abundance and patience and gratitude has absolutely shifted our perspective, our priorities, and the belief that we have that we truly can be free to live the life that we want and create exactly what we're hoping for for our family and how different that might look for everyone else. It's really been an incredible journey. I love how overused that word is, but it's true. I'm going to just say it. It applies here. Now that I've shared sort of about our year, the logistics and the ins and outs and the things that we have learned from it, I'm excited to continue to dive in deeper on specifics, specific principles and specific topics surrounding minimalism, dealing with some of these principles of gratitude and abundance and freedom and intention in design and in shopping and also in creativity. And this sort of just sets the stage for you to understand where I'm coming from as I share on Live Free Creative about living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. And I hope that this episode has been helpful. Thank you so much for being here again and for listening. Just turning on my podcast that you thought of it and that you clicked play means so much to me. I hugely appreciate that. I also want to ask you to support me by telling a friend or a family member who you think might enjoy a podcast like this one. And the last thing that you could do that would be extremely helpful for me as I'm getting this little podcast launched is to go to iTunes and leave a review. Tell other people what you think about how this podcast makes you feel. And I would love, love, love to start sharing some of those reviews on the podcast as they roll in. So please just take a second and hop over and share that. That would be amazing. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any episodes. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. I will talk to you next time. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.